and welcome to the next episode of the May We Approach podcast. I'm Shelly. I'm Paris. I'm Maya. And I am Avery. And we are back with you after a very long, long hiatus. Um, if you've been, you know, paying attention, alive, you've seen the the chaos that is the world, is America right now uh, between the coronavirus and the police continuing to continuing to just kill black people indiscriminately in the streets. It's a time. Um, and so there have been a couple times that we were ready to record. We, or we, we said we were ready to record. We planned recording, scheduled dates, scheduled times, and got to that date and time and just couldn't do it. So we are back with you, and we're here and ready to go. So we're going to give y'all the best we got. And so I don't know who has the opening statement, but it's either Avery or Paris. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead. Um, it's from Malcolm X, and he says, nobody can give you freedom. Nobody can give you equality or justice or anything. If you're a man, you take it. Snaps. <sighs> Brother Malcolm. I was about to say, Brother Malcolm. <laughs> Coming in with mm. the gems. Malcolm's a whole mood right now. Like a whole mood right now. He is. He is. All right, y'all. Heads up. Due to what is going on in the world, this episode can be nothing but heavy. So here we go. We're going to start at kind of the beginning of this current tipping point that we're at. Um, I do think, just me personally, that the coronavirus has aided us in kind of becoming arriving to the space that we're in i think the quarantine and everyone sitting at home and watching these things happen is really the impetus for what got a lot of people motivated to be out and doing the things that are doing that being said the first black killing of the quarantine that we were all outraged about was the murder of ahmaud arbery so ahmaud arbery was a 25-year-old black man in Brunswick, Georgia. Um, he had aspirations and intentions of becoming an electrician, um, like his three uncles. He had attended the South Georgia Technical College for about a year and a half, but when money got tight for his family, he stopped um, attending college. He was planning to go back to school to get his electrician certification, and his family and friends say that he was a really humble guy and uh, called him a, quote, good kid. On February 23rd, Ahmad Arbery was shot three times as he jogged through Statilla Shores, uh, the neighborhood about two miles from the home that he shared with his mother. Um, he was shot after an encounter with, jo with Gregory and Travis McMichael. Uh, they grabbed guns and followed Ahmad Arbery in a truck as he jogged after he jogged past their house. Gregory McMichael is 64 years old. He's a former Glen County Police Department officer and investigator for the DA's office. And his son, Travis McMichael, was, is 34. So this particular case has had a lot of weird movement and no movement for a part of time. And that's part of the story, too. But they have been four different district attorneys assigned to this case. So it all started with District Attorney Jackie Johnston. She recused herself on February 27th. Then it was District Attorney George Barnhill, who is the Waycross District Attorney. He took over in early April, and he is the one that advised that there was insufficient cause to arrest 
the McMichaels because of the citizen's arrest law in uh, Georgia. So just for context, the citizen's arrest law says a private person may arrest an offender if the offense is committed in his presence or within his immediate knowledge. If the offense is a felony and the offender is escaping or attempting to escape, a private person may arrest him upon reasonable and probable grounds of suspicion. He also cited the self-defense law, which in pertinent part for context. A person is justified in using force, which is intended or likely to cause death or great bodily harm only if he or she reasonably believes that such force is necessary to prevent death or great bodily harm to himself or herself or a third person or to prevent the commission of a forcible felony. But a person is not justified in using force under the circumstances specified in subsection A of this code if, number one, he initially provokes the use of force against himself with the intent to use such force as an excuse to inflict bodily harm upon the assailant. Um, eventually, Barnhill also recused himself from the case, saying that his son had worked in the prosecutor's office with Gregory McMichael. So next was District Attorney Tom Darden from the Atlantic Judicial Circuit. Um, so it's kind of like some of the smaller parishes here, they'll have like rotating judges that go to different parishes, but it's just one set of judges. So that's what the Atlanta judicial circuit is. Um, after he was appointed on April 13th, the video came out. Once the video came out, basically all hell broke loose as it should have. I have not watched the video cause y'all know I don't, I don't do that anymore. I don't. I've given it up. I don't watch them videos. But the video showed Ahmaud Arbery running along a shaded two-lane residential road when he um, comes upon a white pickup truck with a man standing beside it with the driver's side door open. Um, another man is in the truck bed. He goes around the truck. Ahmaud Arbery goes around the truck and briefly disappears from view. You can hear muffled shouting, and then you see Ahmaud Arbery emerge, and he's fighting like tussling struggling with the man that was outside the truck and then you hear three gunshot blasts um after the shooting gregory mm -hmm. mcmichael the one that worked for the um the the da's office told re the responding police that there have been several break-ins in the neighborhood uh and that there was surveillance video of a suspect who had committed the break-ins actually only one burglary had been committed in the, the neighborhood and it was of a tr one of their trucks, the McMichael's trucks that was sitting in the, um, in their driveway. Um, and then their surveillance video. So there was a house that was under construction in the neighborhood and their surveillance video of Ahmaud Arbery going into the house, uh, like the house as it's under construction didn't take anything. The homeowner actually even came out and said nothing was taken, nothing was missing, everything was fine. He just went in, looked around, and left. Uh, which actually, when you remember that he aspired to be an electrician, makes a whole lot more sense than it did when it first was reported. Because it was like, why were you in the house? I mean, you were fine. Like He wasn't doing anything regardless, but it makes it make even more sense because it's like you were probably there looking at the wiring and stuff because the house was under damn construction. The autopsy report showed that he was shot twice in the chest and once in the wrist. Um, there were no drugs or alcohol found in his system, and it was classified a homicide. 
So the current district attorney, and I'm sorry, actually, he's not current. He was the third. Tim Darden requested that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation um, look at kind of the case and the goings on. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation, Investigation is an independent statewide agency that supports the state's criminal justice system in areas of criminal investigations, forensic laboratory sciences, and computerized criminal justice information. So the initially when they were finally charged, because it took months, Ahmaud Arbery was killed in February. It was not until May that anything happened. Um, but when they were finally um, arrested on May 7th, they were charged with uh, felony murder and aggravated assault. So the, the, the attorney, uh, attorney general of, Georgia, Chris Carr has asked for a review of all the relevant players in the case, which he's referring to the first two district attorneys. Uh, they think that they might have been some prosecutorial misconduct on their parts, which tend to agree. Uh, so they're investigating them. And finally, District Attorney Joyette Holmes of, Com of Cobb County has been appointed to the case. So she's taking it over. So most recently, there was a third, well, not most recently, there was a third guy involved. And for a while, he there wasn't a whole lot of focus on him. His name was William Roddy Bryan. He's 50. He was also eventually picked up and charged with felony murder, criminal intent to commit, and, and criminal intent to commit false imprisonment. He is the man that filmed it. He filmed the, the pursuit and the murder of Ahmaud Arbery. Um... He was mentioned in the in the original report because McMichael said that, um, yeah, McMichael said that the unidentified male turned around and began running back in the direction to which he came and Roddy attempted to block him in which he was unsuccessful. So he was there. He took part. Like, from the very beginning, he was implicated in this, but he wasn't arrested at the same time as the, as, uh, the father and son. Um, they all just had a preliminary hearing. It took seven hours it was a seven hour preliminary hearing that is insane <laughs> but it was a seven hour preliminary hearing and the judge ended up uh ruling that all three are going to stand trial so that is where we are um to date in the Ahmad Arbery case <sighs> did y'all even watch his video I did not I don't watch them things I watched it I didn't watch it. I didn't watch any of them. Me either. either. The one... Yeah, I, I watched I the it. video. It it took me a while to get to it, but I got to it. Um, it 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 will make you very very pissed off because you know when you hear things before the video comes out, right? You hear basically like this made up story or, you know, what they would want to happen to fit their situation so they don't have to go to jail or they don't have to be, um, you know, accountable for what they did. And every time we hear these stories for whatever situation it is, you always know that it's a lie. But, yeah. you know, the video, the video shows truth. And so... You know, when you con when you when you watch the video and you start thinking about the lies that they made, it just pisses you off because you you are supposed to be, you know, the attorney general, whoever is in this in this space to hold those accountable and to up you know, 
uphold justice. How did you watch this video and come up with that? In the video, they clearly, like, he was, I know you guys haven't seen it, but he was literally, like, they were following him with their trucks trying to block him off. He was literally, like, weaving through the trucks, jogging or trying to run away from them. Like, you literally see him, like, it's like you know in his head he knows this shit not going to end right. Mm. It's, um, it's so infuriating that white people just feel entitled to police black bodies based on nothing. Absolutely it's just, nothing. They had no reason to leave their white-ass driveways, and yet they did with guns and murdered this mm-hmm. man in the street and then acted as if it was his fault. And then the right. damn investigators just took their word for it. Yes. And that's the part that pisses you off because when you hear these stories, like you always ask black people anyway, because we know how shit go. When we hear these stories, you know, you know, it's a lie. Yeah. But when you see the video, it just, it just frustrates you and just infuriates you because they, you know, they tried to use the, 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 um, self-defense situation right Mm -hmm. the son literally jumped out the truck with his gun and ran up to him like when they blocked him off with their trucks the son jumped out the truck that's why i made a point of when i was reading the (laughs) self-defense it's not self-defense if you start it it's not self-defense <laughs> if you're the aggressor like it's just not that's not how this it's just works not. it's never it's self-defense not. if you start it yeah it's never self-defense you got out the truck with your gun ran towards this man and you didn't think that this man was gonna try to of course he's gonna fight back i you come with a gun a shotgun at that too a shotgun and you in the in the in the video you actually see him he, he got out with the shotgun and you see you actually see Ahmad fighting with him like it looks like he's trying to take the gun out of McMichael's hand and they end up out of frame and when you come back you can tell that he's been shot and then you can I haven't seen it since you know it came out right back then but I remember him being shot again and he Jesus he tried to run and he falls. Oh no. Mm. And that's where it ends. But it's like you knew in your heart when they got out of frame, something wasn't right. And you could tell that he was hurt when he came back into the frame. So. <sighs> It's it's not. So I talked to me and Shelly spoke earlier. We were um, we recorded a podcast early and I told her that, you know, as much as I don't want to watch the the videos and how much I know it's going to probably make me cry and probably piss me off, everything like that. I do feel at some point I do need to watch it at least once just out of respect for the young man that was killed and murdered to for me to feel like you know he's been seen and to have some type type of empathy for the situation 
So I do usually find a way to, to watch them. It might take me a while, but I'll watch them out of respect for the person whose life has been taken. So. So the next murder is ridiculous. Was Brianna Taylor. So Brianna Taylor is a 26 year old EMT in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, on March 13th, a little before one o'clock in the morning. That is important. A little before one o'clock in the morning, about 1240, one o'clock in the morning. Three Louisville Metro Police Officers of the Criminal Interdiction Division, Jonathan Mattingly, Brett Hankinson, and Miles Cosgrove, forcibly entered her apartment using a battery ram. Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, were inside sleeping, as you do, at 1 a.m. Thinking that somebody was breaking into their house, her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, grabbed his gun and fired one shot. The officers, and he shot one officer, and he got shot in the leg. The officers responded by shooting at least 20-something bullets into this this house at 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, Breonna Taylor was shot eight times, and she was pronounced dead at the scene. Louisville Metro Police Department had obtained a no-knock search warrant. Um, They were investigating two men suspected of selling drugs. The men they were investigating lived over 10 miles away from Breonna Taylor's apartment, but the warrant they had included her address based on the police's belief that one of the guys, Jamarcus Glover, uh, used her address to receive drugs in the mail and to stash money from the sale of um, of drugs. Although Louisville, like regular officers, wear body cameras, officers in the criminal interdiction division don't. So there's no body cam footage. Um, that makes zero sense. <laughs> the officers have said, and the police department has insisted that they did knock on the door several times and announce their presence at one o'clock in the damn morning as police who were there with a search warrant. And once they didn't get a response is when they broke into the house. Uh, Kenneth Walker says that he never heard anything about police because, you know, sleeping. Um, He said he didn't know there were police officers. And um, when they came in, he legitimately thought they were um, police officers. The 911 call after the shots were fired, he called the police and told police that somebody kicked in the door and shot my girlfriend. Not realizing that the police... It's who kicked in the door. So this happened on March 13th. And on March 19th, Kenneth Walker was indicted. I just... uh... (laughs) He was indicted for doing what they say you have a right to do Mm -hmm. to protect your home. Mm Mm-hmm. Just because on the other side of that door, 
there was a no knock warrant from police. You want to indict him for protecting his home at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so a no knock warrant, um, they can be sought by police if there's if there's reasonable suspicion that knocking would be dangerous, futile, or inhibit the effectiveness inv- the effective investigation of the crime. Um, they said, the officer said it was necessary to have a no-knock warrant because the drug traffickers have a history of attempting to destroy evidence, have cameras on the location that compromise detectives once they approach the dwelling, and have a history of fleeing from law enforcement. Just, you know, just so y'all know, Breonna Taylor had no criminal history and Walker had no felony charges before the night of the shooting. And, you know, just for kicks, no drugs were found in the apartment whatsoever. And also for kicks, I don't know if you were going to get to this point, but the person they was looking for was already in custody. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. When this happened. Like, I just don't understand when you, when you do, I don't know the process for the, 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 the situation when it comes to like drugs and stuff like that and how they do that. But at no point in time when you went and got this warrant and got it signed or anything like that, did you not like go through you guys's, I don't know, books and whatnot to check before y'all went out, used all this equipment, used up all this manpower to see if y'all got the person y'all was supposed to have and to double check the address. I remember reading in, in an article um, about this that when they came up with the address that the post office that they went to, whoever the investigator was over the post office, stated, let them know that this isn't an address that gets, you know, weird mail. I don't I forgot what word they use, but this isn't an address that gets the type of packages that y'all think they get. But the police didn't take that into account when they decided to use his address. <sighs> so I, I don't, you know, let's not listen to the person who's over the post office that mails to her. You know, the police know everything home. about everything. <sighs> and you know, it's devastating. I don't know if you guys watched the video. Um, her mother was interviewed by Angela Yee and... What's the other DJ's name out of New York? She's a female, too. Not Egypt, but the other one. I hear her voice. I can't think of her name right now. But they interviewed Brianna's mom, right? And she said that she couldn't even see her daughter. When she got to the scene, the police gave her the runaround. When she first got there, a detective or somebody told her that her daughter would be on her way to the hospital, right? She was dead at the scene. And she, huh? <laughs> so she went to the hospital waiting for her daughter for about two hours until a lady um, at the hospital, she didn't tell me if she didn't say on the video whether it was a nurse or not, but came up to her and was like, We don't have in our system that an ambulance is supposed to be coming. You might want to go back and check. Only then when she, after y'all told her that she should be in the hospital soon, mama sat at the hospital for two hours, came back to the home, asked where her daughter was, 
only then was she told where the coroner identified her. What? How, and at the time, she was trying to figure out, like, how did you identify her? Because her sister lives there, too. Yes. Her sister wasn't there at the at the time, but she said that she basically went back and forth with the detective telling her that the coroner identified her. Like, how? How did you? I haven't seen her. Um, by this time, it was well into the afternoon, and y'all killed her at 1 o'clock that morning. That's the type of shit her mother had to go through. And that's how she found out her, her daughter was had passed away, had been killed, is for a detective to come back to her after she'd been sat at the hospital thinking her daughter's still alive, to come back and say, oh, the coroner um, identified her. What do you mean the coroner identified her? So she's dead? She's heartless. Absolutely. <clears throat> so at this point... The charges against Kenneth Walker has been dropped following a public outrage, rightfully so. However, all three officers have been placed on administrative reassignment and nobody's in jail for this. That's it. Nobody's in jail. But you passed the law. But nobody's in jail. Nobody's in jail for this. Um, so there were protests... Uh, and during it, another Louisville, Kentucky man, this people hadn't really been talking about this. David McAtee was shot and killed during police response to a curfew um, that happened early in the protest. Um, there was body camera footage of this. The two and the two officers involved, Katie Cruz and Alan Austin, uh, were ba- both fairly new to the force one was uh there and one joined in 2016 the other in 2018 um and after the shooting the chief was was relieved of command because i remember hearing that the police chief was gonna basically be fired i remember hearing that but i didn't remember hearing at the time that it was directly on the heels of somebody else being killed in louisville i didn't know this had happened until I started getting stuff together for this episode. Um, so he was outside at a protest. I don't, I'm not even sure that he was a part of the protest. He was just like out there. And the police said somebody shot at them. And so the police and some National Guardsmen returned fire. And that's when they shot and killed David McAtee. No one else was injured, um, and they still don't know who fired a shot at the officers. They have several persons of interest, but who knows? Uh, And like Mike Brown, they left his body at the scene, which was the street, until Monday afternoon. This happened like wee hours of early morning Monday, like like three o'clock, something like that, like early in the morning. And they left him sitting out there until the afternoon. So that's Louisville. And then the murder that set everything off off. George Floyd. 
On May 25th in Minneapolis, Minnesota, police officers arrested George Floyd. George Floyd was a 46-year-old black man. So the arrest occurred after a deli employee called 911 and accused him of buying uh, cigarettes with a counterfeit $20 bill. Um, so there's a video, as they always are. I haven't watched this one either. But in the video, you see police officer Derek Chauvin kneeling on the neck of George Floyd for eight minutes and 46 seconds. He didn't remove his knee when George Floyd lost consciousness. He didn't remove his knee until the, <laughs> for an entire minute after the paramedics arrived. Um, there were three other officers involved. One was watching and the other two were kneeling on George Floyd as well, but not on his neck. They were holding him down. So Chauvin could murder him. Uh, their names are Thomas Lane, J. Alexander Queen, and Tao Thao. Um, at this point, everybody's been charged, but it took a really long time for that to happen. Um, the medical examiner for the county released an apor- a report initially that said um, that he wasn't. Did y'all see that? That said that he wasn't, um, the, the kneeling didn't have anything to do with his. Said he died of natural causes uh-huh. as mm-hmm. if he could have died the day before or the day after, like. Real shit, fuck you. (laughs) Facts. The family had an independent autopsy done that stated asphyxiation from sustained pressure was the cause of his death. As you know, we all saw. We all saw that on the video. Um, So I said the officers have been charged, and they have, but initially when they charged Derek Chauvin, they charged him with second-degree manslaughter and third-degree murder. So secondary manslaughter, a person who causes the death of another by any of the following means is guilty of manslaughter in the second degree and may be sentenced to imprisonment for not more than 10 years or to the payment of a fine of not more than $20,000 or both. And the one that applies is um, the person's culpable negligence whereby the person creates an unreasonable risk and consciously takes chances of causing death or great bodily harm to another. Okay, so I was very confused when that particular, (laughs) when, when these charges came out, because they both are, even the third degree murder, it starts with whoever without intent to affect the death of a person. I don't understand how, how you kneel on Mm -hmm. somebody's goddamn neck for nine minutes. And someone can think you lack intent to do a damn thing other than kill them. Exactly. I, I just, I don't, I don't know how they ever started here. The charges have been upgraded since then, but, um, and now he's facing secondary murder charges, but I don't know how this was ever thought to be a good idea. I, I just, right. I don't get it. So second degree murder, whoever does either of the following is guilty of murder in the second degree and may be sentenced to imprisonment for not more than 40 years. And it's the one that applies causes the death of a human being with intent to affect death upon that person or another without premeditation. 
people were calling for a first degree murder charge, but I actually, personally, I think the second degree is the one that applies the best because I don't believe that Darren, yeah, I don't believe Darren, and I don't believe Derek Chauvin woke up that morning and was like, I'm going to kill me a nigger. I didn't think, I don't think that's what happened, but I definitely think you possessed intent as you were doing the act. Yeah. So I, I I think second degree is exactly the correct mm-hmm. charge. So I don't agree that it should be first degree. I don't. That's that's too much, and that's how you lose. <laughs> but yeah. I definitely think that second degree is the proper charge. So following the murder of George Floyd, um, all hell broke loose. That putting it mildly. All hell broke loose. So immediately, people in Minneapolis took to the streets. Immediately. Um, And shortly thereafter, protests popped off all over the country, literally all 50 states, and all All over the world. Yeah, I saw Mm -hmm. protests in South Africa. I saw Australia. I I saw saw Amsterdam, Germany, France. Paris, yep. They were popping off everywhere. Uh, in America, they got a little, you know, rowdy, and I don't really care. I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't really care. I can't bring myself to care about a Target running down. I don't give a damn, and neither does Target, yeah. for the record. <laughs> just, I don't care. No. <laughs> um, they, oh, many, many. Okay, so let's let's just Minneapolis, guys. Minneapolis was like some sleeping ass giant. Who knew Minneapolis was going to pop off like that? If somebody would have told y'all yeah, two years ago that the protest that was going to set off like all of it was going to start out in Minneapolis, Minnesota, we all would have been like, huh? Use a line. <laughs> Minneapolis. <laughs> But they like, came in and set all this Minneapolis shit is about that life. They burned down a police Absolutely. precinct. Um, a white boy at that it, yeah yeah <laughs> the whites okay cause listen <laughs> the whites have been out uh, the ones that ain't talking shit the, the, the same whites have been out um, with you know the good people fighting the good fight mm-hmm. but the crazy has also abounded on the other side uh, we were talking right before we started um, recording yesterday today is uh, June 16th yesterday in New Mexico, a protester got shot by some white wing extremist that is now in jail, but the protest is in critical condition. Um, yeah, so the protest made me really happy, y'all. Really happy. Um, and I do think that it was um, like a, a combination of seeing so many murders of black people, even though Ahmaud Arbery happened in February, it came to real public consciousness about May, a little before that, but about April, May. And so it was all these things were happening in basically a month. And I think the, the, just the quarantine, having everybody sit their asses at home with nothing else to do, nothing else to focus on people Mm -hmm. looking for something to do. Uh, I do believe the the quarantine and the pandemic as real and current as it is 
is really what has allowed this moment to be different than a lot of the other moments because a lot of times we'll see um, in the previous movements or the, pre the previous parts of this movement because it's all the same movement but in the previous parts of this movement we've seen kind of like the protests be really really big and boisterous on the weekends but then people got to go to work and so they kind of fizzle in the in the week and eventually kind of tamp down and just fizzle out the energy dies off right momentum mm -hmm. well listen People were sitting at home for two and a half months doing not a damn thing else but powering up. So since uh, um, since George Floyd was murdered on May 25th, there have been protests every day. Every single mm -hmm. day. All of mm -hmm. them. Without fail, without stopping in multiple cities at the same time. Um, this, it feels different then this has felt in the past. Um, it seems mm -hmm. as if institutions that formerly, you know, bullshitted us, I'm looking at you, the NFL, have decided that, you know, it's trendy now to be in for black people. Go figure. Um, and then places that you wouldn't expect, looking at you, NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, uh, the, a lot of the Confederate things are coming down to the, you know, chagrin of your president and his people uh we're gonna talk about him in full later i i can't i just he's not worth it at this point oh god that man infuriates me to no end we're not gonna survive another four years guys we're not it's not we're not we're barely we we're limping to the end of the first four we're not gonna make it another four. it's not I mean, gonna happen I haven't yeah, seen a limp like this thought, ever. We're we're limping. <laughs> we hoping we're gonna make it to November. Like the coronavirus has it has people calling it a second wave. Sorry guys, it's still the first wave. We're still here. Like nothing has really changed other than people deciding that it was that important for them to go protest about something that matters, not no goddamn reopenings, but so important to protest that they're putting their bodies on the line, putting their lives on the line, risking catching this god awful ass virus to still go tell y'all that this is fucking wrong and something needs to be done. Nothing has, nothing else has changed. So the coronavirus is here. Police brutality is here, which we're about to talk about how, you know, people still getting killed in Atlanta. Black ass Atlanta. Black ass Atlanta. We're and literally limping to November. Wakanda. And I know T.I. feels stupid. Because <laughs> mm. he got mm. on TV and called Atlanta Wakanda telling black folks not to burn it up. <laughs> okay. So what are we going to burn up now? Wendy's. <laughs> the fuck? And shoot, yeah. they have a video of a white lady being the one that started the the fire at the Wendy's. So let's let's talk about that. <laughs> so, as the whites do, when the protests started and they were becoming boisterous, everybody, well not everybody, the whites started talking about Antifa, which doesn't exist. Antifa and far left wing extremists and George Soros and all this crazy bullshit. Girl, crazy. And yelling I about how have all to these look up George just to Girl. see like where's this conspiracy coming from? Them. Just them. Girl. It's just them. 
But they were trying to paint it as all these, as like the Black Lives Matter movement being inherently dangerous, as they have from the beginning. They're trying mm-hmm. to make it be inherently dangerous, inherently divisive, and all these things. And so their their big rallying cry was, why are y'all burning things down? Da-da-da-da. Why are y'all looting? Why are y'all doing this? Why are y'all doing that? And then y- you wait a few days, and the pictures and videos come out, and the people setting shit on fire didn't look like me, and they didn't look like y'all. Like every, I had, I didn't see anything burned. Not that I actually saw like the person that was starting the fire. I didn't see anything burned that a black person started that fire. Not one goddamn mm-hmm. thing. A, a white boy burned down that police precinct. What a, some white guy in like full, like blackout clothing was breaking windows at AutoZone. Like I was about to say, yeah, yeah like I saw, I, I saw white people wreaking havoc as y'all do. I vandalizing <laughs> i saw in one video i saw um there was a white boy vandalizing breaking the windows out of police cars and stuff mm-hmm. with his skateboard and his, with his skateboard mm-hmm. he was using a skateboard to bust out windows in the police cars that was parked at the precinct <laughs> um but yeah the protest is still going on i actually think they probably would have stopped by now but y'all's president is a dumbass, so here we are. Um, yeah, because I really do. Because uh, for a long time, the the rallying cry for the protest was the fact that Derek Chauvin was in jail, but the other three officers were not. Mm-hmm. And then they got arrested. So I do think that had, you know, everybody just kind of let the protest happen and then arrested the three, that they probably would have died, died, died down. But then y'all president think- tear gas peaceful protesters in washington dc and so here we are i mean well now the protests have turned into go ahead mike no no no. i'm just saying i think if we would have got Derek chauvin and his cronies and then if we would have got brianna taylor's murderers you might have had a few i think they weren't going to stop if we didn't get everybody you know what i mean like at least i know the one like out tampa like it was even after they got Derek, like, we just went to a protest, you know, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it's it was in the spirit of, okay, this is not just about George, right. you know, rest in peace to George, you know, but it is about Brianna and the countless other names mm-hmm. who have, you know, it's like. It's bigger than actually, just Actually, to him. be honest, I don't even know, I don't even know deep down if some of the people who are really fighting for the cause, if they would, if they would even stop after Brianna because it just runs so deep. Because even at, even if you get justice for, for George and Brianna, there's so many that right. you have not well, and will not ever get justice for. Right. I think I think now now that the protests have gone this long, right? Mm-hmm. Because it has and it's been in the forefront for so long, it's like now people are starting to pick apart the different things that need to be fixed now. Right. And so now is we're not just protesting for the murders and the deaths of the countless people who were, you know, mo- murdered by the hands of police, but now we need to fix the whole damn system. Yeah. Cuz now we broke. see that it's it's all the way broken up. We should not have to protest like this just to get somebody to be held accountable for taking a life. Right. And then I think, you know, also, with the t- as long as we've been protesting now, 
people have had time, like like Shelly said, we're still in a pandemic, so people still at home. We just now we have time to research this stuff. Now we are finding out that these cops who are these bad apples are these cops. We're starting to realize that every single one of them that committed a murder has a background. Why wasn't that fixed? Okay, so now we need to go into the whole makeup of of you know the police, the unions, all of that. Let's fix that shit. <laughs> like, all right, let's go into. So why didn't the prosecutor or the DA do X, Y, and Z? Okay, well, let's go fix this shit. Like we, I think it's starting to get to a point to where people are realizing how deep, not just with the cops and police brutality, but how deep the whole situation is in general. Every aspect of it has a problem and it's a deep ass problem that can only truly be fixed. I think, you know, mainly fixed anyway, through laws. Now we need to figure out how we're going to change them laws. Are we going to implement those laws? How are, you know, all the way down to people starting to realize that, okay, maybe I should vote. Because <laughs> you had people, especially, you know, black people and people of color saying, I'm not going to vote because my vote don't matter. And I think the problem with those people were they were thinking that, you know, um, the presidential election was important, not realizing that, the reason why a lot of this stuff is broken locally are people that you could have voted for or voted against. People are starting to figure that out. So I think, you know, just to add on all of that, I don't, I think the protests are continuing because one, nobody got shit to do right now, basically. Um, so everybody has more time to, time on their hands to look at stuff beyond, you know, isolated incidents of George Floyd and, 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 the cops who were a part of his murder. It doesn't stop there anymore. Cause now we've done research on him. Now we realize that he is a cop that has killed multiple other people before he even got to George. Why was he still out? You know, it's, it's, it's situations like that. I think is the reason why protests will continue. Well, they're damn sure going to continue in Atlanta because on Friday, June 12th, Officers in Atlanta killed a 24, a 27-year-old Rashard Brooks. Rashard Brooks is a father of four. Uh, two officers responded to a call they got of someone sleeping in the drive-thru. Um, there's a video. Mm-hmm. And it shows Brooks calmly, very calmly, like eerily calmly. I heard, I saw the beginning of the video and I, I won't watch it full the way through, but I've watched the beginning and he's very calmly talking to them and like, just kind of telling them like, yeah, you know, I had a few drinks and he wasn't sure how many, but I mean, if you've been drinking, that makes sense. He yep. asked them if he could just walk to his sister's mm-hmm. house that didn't live very far. They wouldn't allow him to do that. Uh, they made him take a sobriety test, which they say he failed. Um, and then they tried to arrest him. Um, he started struggling <laughs> and he eventually was able to wrestle a taser away from an officer and started to run away. He was running. Away. Uh, officers say, and, um, some people say you can see it on the videos again, haven't watched, but, um, Officers say he aimed the taser at officers uh, and attempted to shoot at them before 
the officer fired his weapon. So the officer that actually shot um, Mr. Brooks was Garrett Roth. Um, and he has been fired. Um, Sora Mayer wasn't playing with him. He was fired like the next day. Um, the police chief has also resigned, which means she mm-hmm. probably got fired too. Uh, um and the second officer on the scene Devin Bronson he was placed on administrative duty I felt a little bad for him because once the other boy started shooting there was really nothing he could do but you can go with him yeah um so uh Mr. Brooks' wife Tamika Miller said it was murder that was not justified he was shot running away he wasn't dangerous he wasn't coming at them in any kind of way to where they felt a threat they shouldn't have felt threatened um, when she resigned the police chief Erica Shields said I have faith in the mayor and it is time for the city to move forward and build trust between law enforcement and the communities they serve um, the Wendy's that Rashard Brooks was killed at has been burned down uh, hmm. protester a white girl set it on fire uh, mm-hmm. the district attorney for Fulton County, Paul Howard Jr. has said that there will likely be charges against the, um, the shooting, the, the officer that actually shot him, um, tomorrow, which will be Wednesday, uh, July, June 17th. So we will see if that actually is what happens. He said that in an interview, uh, earlier this week. Um, he said, if this had been a civilian, there's a possibility charges would have been lodged against them already. What I think people around the country are saying is we want one system so that both police and citizens are treated equally. That's what we're hoping to do by making our decision on Wednesday. Um, he said he, he went on to say at that time under Georgia law, unless Mr. Brooks pros an imminent threat of bodily harm, uh, was it necessary for the officer to shoot Brooks to save his life or to save someone else's life? Because if Mr. Brooks was shot for some other reason, then it was not justified. Uh, and Sora Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms said, our police officers are to be guardians and not warriors within our communities. But that's literally what they've become, y'all. They're literally warriors. Um, and a lawyer, the lawyer for the Brooks family, Justin Miller, said, after the scuffle, I believe the right thing to do was to try to catch him. And if you can't catch him, then you can't shoot him because you can't catch up to him, which is literally what happened. They weren't going to catch him. That happens a lot. Yeah. Y'all weren't going to catch him. And so you shot him. That's not deadly force. That's not justified. Deadly force isn't justified by your lack of speed. It's not. It's not justified by your lack of strength. Because if the truth is told, two of your asses had him on the ground from the beginning before he ever took your taser and started running. Y'all supposed to be the best of the best. The finest. The hell? (laughs) He got away from two of y'all. That's about it. And then y'all killed him. Mm-hmm. So that's Atlanta. And if that isn't bad enough, in California, in two weeks, there have been two different black men found hanging from trees less than 50 miles apart. Both have been ruled suicide. So, um, on May 31st, 38-year-old Malcolm Harsh 
was found outside of a library in Victorville, California. Um, a, a firefighters found his body hanged with a USB cable. Uh, I saw reports, the family has said, the police don't say this, but the family has said in both cases. So the first one was Malcolm Harshall on uh, May 31st. The second one was Robert Fuller, a 24-year-old in Palmdale County, was found uh, June 10th. In both cases, I saw, well, for one of them, I actually saw the tree. It's not a tall tree. It's not a tall tree at all. The, the was it a strong tree didn't look like that either didn't look strong didn't look tall and one of these men I can't remember which one but one of these men is over six feet tall and so I saw reports from the family that said neither of these men were like hanging like actually hanging from the tree like their feet were touching the ground so I failed to understand how hmm. How y'all have decided that these were suicides. Um, all they've really said is that during the pandemic, there's been a lot of suicides, so we're sorry. That's kind of the official statement. That that's basically it. That's not word for word it, but that's basically it. And that's we're gonna we're enough. gonna continue to try to, you know, tackle these mental health problems. They don't and care. history clearly dict- dictates that. Black people don't typically hang themselves. Themselves, and no. if you're gonna not buy a fucking tree, we don't do that. <laughs> no, <laughs> not to ourselves. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Mm. I mean, it's it's as if a lot of these situations they try to throw in our faces. It's like a. It's like a. It's 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 like insulting our intelligence. Like you expecting to get this tree to know the height of this man. To know the weight of this man, to truly believe that, don't believe it. I just, oh gosh. So of course, mm-hmm. across Black America, we're all calling it a lynching. But authorities in California are maintaining; they have not changed anything about this yet. They're, the FBI has been called in to to look at it, but nothing has changed at this point. As it stands, they're both still real suicides, both of them. There was a hanging in Manhattan, too, I think, recently. I think today. Someone was found in Manhattan. Uh, a black man. Have y'all seen the sign that hangs outside the NAACP? I think it is in New York. A man was lynched today. A black man was lynched today. Just like it was hanging. Yeah, just like it was hanging back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Well, they. I think they've updated it. I think it said lynched by, it po- said, by police yeah, or something. Yeah, by police. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's essentially the same the sign, same. same flag, same same slogan, mm-hmm. same mood, same font, same circumstances, <laughs> yeah, same shit. But you know, we're post racial. Everything's great. Love America. So it's great. It depends on who you ask. Um. So, um, a lot of the one of the the demands that has been. Uh, championed in the the protest has been the call to defund the police and or abolish the police. Uh, there's not a whole whole lot of support just nationwide for the um for this, but black people support it more than white people. Go figure. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> go ahead. What? <laughs> I just, so I was looking at it and, you know, looking at people's thoughts. Well, not people's thoughts, but looking more into, like, the definition of or, like, what do you, what do, like, what is it, what does it look like to define the police, right? Um, and so, you know, anything that's paid with tax dollars is, is public knowledge. Like, mm-hmm. you can go and look that stuff up. And during the same time, I ran across an article about the guy who murdered George Floyd, right? And how, if convicted, he could possibly keep his, wait for this shit, million-dollar pension. I'm sorry, you said million-dollar? I did not stutter. Fucking million dollars, okay? Why was his pension a million dollars? Wait, 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 wait. Now, when I went and looked, um, I ended up being able, somebody already did the, the, the research for me. I ended up coming across somebody's post that took screenshots of the uh, type of money police officers can make, okay? So on a police officer level, it's what you think it is. They are probably making $50,000, $60,000 a year. As soon as they turn into a detective, a supervisor, or whatever that's no longer a police officer, easy, six figures. Easy. Easy, right? And so looking into the defunding of the police situations and stuff like that, um, it's not necessarily, you know, truly abolishing the police, but what they are asking, what being in a lot of state, take up almost half the damn budget. Um, when we were, I don't know if you guys were listening, when we were listening to Irving today, I ended up coming up on a part of where um, I forgot who was speaking at the time, but she was talking about how for Louisiana, the police budget is over a billion dollars. It's like that a lot of places. Right. And so, you know, I have a family full of educators, so we was talking about it. And, you know, unless you are a professor at a university, you're making pennies as a teacher. Um, With me being a public servant right now, you know, you guys know I work, you know, really closely with, you know, troubled youth and and uh, the foster care system and caseworkers and stuff. They are getting paid pennies, counselors, pennies, 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 pennies. Everybody, every aspect of the government that can help you mentally, yeah. help just the just the 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 well-being of the general population are getting paid pennies. Meanwhile, you have police officers, real deal, easily making six figures. And having million-dollar pensions. And having million-dollar pensions. Meanwhile, you have teachers that have to come out of their pennies worth of a salary just to have basic essentials in their classrooms. And so when I was reading up about the defunding the police, they were talking about how, you know, the police are called in every situation that they don't necessarily have to be called for. If we will give more money to certain aspects, the police shouldn't have to be called. Like, there's a lot of times that we've talked about this where, you know, the police have been called because somebody hasn't taken their medication. Well, the police doesn't necessarily need to be called in those situations. And if they are called, they need to come with a counselor. They need to come with somebody that understands what this person is going through 
and you know doesn't respond of, with damn bullets. Yeah, and, and right. these these, these right. ideal ideal models and structures of government are successful in countries that are predominantly exactly. white and where that where the citizens who run the country cater to the people who look like them. But we mm-hmm. can't sit up here and act like this is surprising or this is shocking or this is, you know, a shock to the nature or the core values of this country. It's because this country benefits off of the prison industrial complex. That is Absolutely. one of the Absolutely. most profitable entities in the nation. And Louisiana in particular being the most incarcerated mm-hmm. face of the earth. The whole um, world. Of course, that is where we're going to invest our money in because these cops are basically essentially being paid to profit off of poverty, prop- round profit up these black bodies, mental illnesses, profit off of our conditions. This is it's structured this way. So um, the notion that, oh, this is, you know, this is wrong. Yeah, it, it is wrong, but this is how it's designed to be. You know what I'm saying? It's not something that's far off or unconscionable because it's working properly you know what i mean mm-hmm. and we are voices of um you know we're shedding light on these things but it's like we're literally yelling in the in the abyss in the because void. it's like this is gonna be this way until you know we demand certain things from the people who we elect to change the system and honestly this the kind of things that we're talking about, the kind of ideals that we strive or aspire to, this this doesn't come about without civil war. And that's just a basic fact. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not just gonna be like, oh, here's this. You know, it's that's not it's not gonna happen that way. And it's it's cool to think that, but you know, it's 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 like like you said earlier, Avery, it's just so deeply rooted in the mm-hmm. the fabric of what our, this country is built on that it's mm-hmm. once you remove that fabric you're left with you know not much you're nothing. And they don't know what so, to do nothing. they're gonna mm-hmm. fight to the death for that you know what i mean that's not something that's gonna you know that's like burning the flag <laughs> it's like it's not gonna happen but um i feel like paris is dropping gems and i can't hear shit <laughs> I, told y'all, I told y'all my grandma wife is just on some good shit right now and I can hear Shelly, I can hear Maya and goddamn it Paris I just know you preaching a goddamn gospel right now and I can't hear oh. <laughs> but yeah that's my spiel on that <laughs> the real trip part is guys the actual job they're paid to do they're not that damn good at. Uh, that, on, that's, that's the crazy part. So, you know, statistically scared. speaking, like, you're, a cop. <laughs> you're trained, to, you're allegedly trained to be in these high risk, high energy, high um, emotional Highly trained. situations, and you're supposed to well, be the person to be asked. Wait, it's very tough. And you're like, I, can't, I still can't hear her. The scared. Talking, I don't know what to tell you. She's she talking. No, I. <laughs> Because I have something I I would like to say, but I don't want to like be rude. Can you like give me a sign when she's done talking? Like she just finished. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I looked up, you know, the police in other countries, right? And did y'all know that in other countries that would basically be on the same level as the United States to be a police officer, um, you usually have to go to college and actually get a degree. 
You mean it's not a, a 21 week training? <laughs> no, it's actual degrees. And then if you get even further into those curriculums in other countries to be a police officer, they usually have to minor in some type, some type of uh, social work or social something. I wonder if that goes along with that degree. I wonder if they're better at it than American police with that degree. They are. They are. (laughs) In Baltimore, they recorded (laughs) at least 347 homicides last year. And the police were able to solve a grand whopping 32% of them. That's it, huh? Um, rape cases, they closed another 32%. Minneapolis, they only cleared 56% of cases that a person was killed. The FBI database says that 30% of robberies and less than 15% of burglaries and motor vehicle thefts ever result in arrest. So, like, literally, the job we pay y'all to do, y'all not that good at. And then you turn around... And you murder people. And then y'all y'all are funded, like you said, Avery, for, for Los Angeles for 2021. There's a proposed budget of $1.8 billion, with a B, dollars for the police department, which is more than half of the city's total, the, the total spending for the year. New York City annual, annual police budget is $6 billion, which is more than the city spends on health, homeless services, Mm -hmm. youth development, Mm -hmm. and workforce Mm -hmm. development combined. And when they say defund the police, they mean take some of that billions of dollars. Funnel it out of that and put it over here. And And there's research to back that that works. So in Mm -hmm. 2016, the Obama White House Council of Economic Advisors found that a 10% increase in wages for non-college educated men results in approximately a 10 to 20% reduction in crime rates. So if people are better educated and allowed to get better jobs because they're better qualified for them, crime goes down. Imagine that. Makes sense to me. So if we were to actually defund the police and take some of those billions that y'all don't need because you're not that good at your jobs, and funnel them somewhere else to someone that can actually be effective in fixing some of the problems we have. What is the problem? It's it's insane. Like I saw this one post that put it in perspective for me. It was um, a cop that was like fully dressed in riot clothing, like had the little face mask and shield and the extra body armor. And then there was a doctor that, you know, was like, well, look, you got everything. I can't get face masks. Right. Y'all got money for tanks, tear gas, rubber bullets. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's every other part of the government that needs that money. Literally every other part. <laughs> All the other parts. Y'all have no problem defunding education. Y'all have no problem defunding anything else but your police and their guns that disproportionately kill black people need to be funded at all costs. Screw everything else. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't even make sense. And it clearly doesn't work. <clears throat> but the crazy thing is, you see that it doesn't work. But every year... Um, when they're, when cities budgets come up and stuff, y'all continue to add to budget 
to the police budget. Yeah. As if it's not already the largest budget that you have in the city. And they're not that good at it. <laughs> I, like, they're not that good yeah. at it. They're not. If I told my clients that I had a 32% success rate, they're, they're not retaining my ass. And I can't blame them. <laughs> what the hell? They're not that good at it. Right. But, you know, I say they're not that good at it. But uh, they're actually really good at doing what the hell the police were created to do shit. in America. Because in the South, police emerged <laughs> from slave patrols. So, you, yeah. This is literally your history. This is literally yep. what you've always been doing. So maybe you're just yeah. really good at your job. The thing is, you know, real history is not usually taught. So people don't really know that. We are taught a watered down, unless you come from like a blackly black, black, black family. <laughs> you don't really get the real true vibe of history and what really happened and how messed up it really was not this watered down stuff of workers being on farms speaking of you know our history and not knowing it after a whole lot of bullshit with protesters and foolishness and bullshit 45 announced that he's getting back on the campaign trail and originally it was. It still is supposed to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I just heard on Rachel Maddow is having a crazy time with the coronavirus right now. So, you know, good luck, guys. But originally it was planned to happen on June 19th. Now, listen, <laughs> I understand that they don't teach like, you know, history in school. They teach the version they want you to hear. You don't hear about uh internment camps you, you don't hear about the bullshit of america just you know riots they like like the boston tea party those are fun but not the ones they don't like <laughs> like rosewood and black wall street which we're getting to so in case y'all don't know which I, I i sincerely if you're listening here i sincerely hope y'all know what the hell june 19th is but in case you don't know, June 19th is called Juneteenth. It's also known as Emancipation Day. It is the oldest United States celebration of the end of slavery. Um, and it commemorates the day that the last slaves were told that they were emancipated. And it happened on June 19th, 1865. So in case you're a real scholar, you realize that... <laughs> Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation on January 1st, 1863. That was 901 days later that these people found out that the Emancipation Proclamation had been issued. So that is the day that we celebrate in the black community as basically Independence Day because I wasn't free on the 4th of July. So that has nothing to do with me. But my people became free on June 19th, 1865. So that is the day I will acknowledge that is the only independence day i will acknowledge but the significance of tulsa this is some other shit they don't teach you in the history books because it's real ugly tulsa was the site of black wall street and 
the Black Wall Street Massacre. So the Greenwood District was dubbed Black Wall Street because it was a community of Black-owned businesses numbering more than 300, and it included theaters and doctors and lawyers, pilots that had their own plane. And when you have that, the natural byproduct in America, especially in the American South, is jealousy and rage from the poorer white community which is what happened uh and a white mob descended on greenwood they looted they burned they murdered um in 24 hours 35 square blocks were completely burned to the ground 1200 houses were destroyed it at the time they said only there were only 36 deaths but these days we think it was more like 300 uh but yeah, so Trump was going to take his happy ass to Tulsa on Juneteenth to restart his re-election campaign. <sighs> Eventually, they changed their minds. But not totally. It's still going to be in Tulsa. It's just going to be the next day. So he tweeted that... I'm not even going to read it because... Mm, some people apparently told him, explained to him what Juneteenth was and the significance of it. And so he changed the date, but he's still going to Tulsa. And when he announced his date change, he still, he mentioned Juneteenth, but he did not mention the significance of Tulsa. And the reason that that is significant is because it's something that white Republicans do. I'm going to say quite a bit, but definitely more than once, they go to these southern towns, these these sites, these bastions of racism and bullshit, and they go there, and although they don't say the words, you know, if you're a racist, I'm your guy, that's what they're saying when they get there. Ronald Reagan did it. He took his ass to Mississippi and made a speech about states' rights, which <laughs> we all know what the states in the South wanted the right to do. But this is what they do. And then they turn around and say that they're not racist and they're not this and they're not that. But they continually make mockeries of our holidays and our traditions and our cultural, things of cultural importance. And they don't, they, y'all, it infuriates me. I was so mad when I heard about this being scheduled on Juneteenth in Tulsa. Because I think that, like, the the anniversary of the, of the, um, the Black Wall Street Massacre just passed on June 1st. And this was like 10 days later, they announced like, it, I, I just, I can't deal. I cannot deal. I hate this man. <laughs> I hate this man with every fiber of my being. I hate him. He is the absolute worst. He's trash. <sighs> I feel like, I wonder if when they... Um, when they scheduled this, did they mean to schedule on this day hoping people wouldn't catch That's what, what I they think. were doing? That's what like, I think. That's honestly what I think. I think they meant it as like a subtle, because you know, he, he came out initially and was like, oh, I support the protesters. And then like three days later it was, I'm about to invoke the Insurrection Act on you protesters. So... I think it was to basically dog whistle to his supporters that we're going to be defiant and, and we're going right, to just right. do this. And, you know, uh, 
screw them black people and all these, everybody that's mad, just forget all of it because we're going to do what we want because that's what they did in Tulsa that day. They did what they wanted <laughs> and nobody got in trouble for it. And they don't even talk about it anymore. Most white people had never heard of this before Watchmen came out. Which is crazy to me. Insane, <laughs> right? crazy to me. People were really trying to figure out what was the situation that was going on at the beginning. People were of trying to figure out if it was fictional. What? Did they make this up? Did this really happen? What? Yes, it really happened. <laughs> and when it started, I was like, "Oh shit, we're in Tulsa." Oh no! Like, oh yeah, no! Like this within five no. seconds of the opening of it, I was like, oh, "Okay, okay, I see where we at." Today, Trump issued an executive order. It don't do much. It doesn't do anything, really. <laughs> I, I, I was going to talk about it, but honestly, it doesn't do anything. It, it doesn't do anything because the police are not run by the feds. The police are run by the states, and it's, lo- it's a local government thing. It's not, he, he ain't, do- he can't. <sighs> it's executive order of nothing. But he signed it with Sharpies and had, police officers behind him while he signed it because you know that's what happens when you're signing a police reform bill that's definitely the people that should be behind you the cops that's how you reform them the people doing the killing huh (laughs) that's what you do you have them behind you and his speech made it real clear that he don't really give a damn it it was it's optics y'all are mad so i'm gonna do something because (laughs) i love the blacks I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I feel like there's just so much to um, unpack, you know, like it's already exhausting enough, like seeing like our fellow people, like, you know, dying at the hands of the police. And then it's like, then we got to turn around and we have to fight with Corona because we know that, you know, black people were affected disproportionately. Then we got to fight, you know, uh, 45 and his cronies. What's the word I've been using today? Cronies (laughs) and his cronies. You know, it's just, um, it's just very, uh, I don't want to say like tiring. Cause I don't want to say like, you know, act like I'm getting jaded. I get, yeah. You know, it's not, you know, but it's, it's just very, and then it's taxing even, on the body I, and the and mind. I, right. And I hate to think of, I hate to bring this up to the conversation, but Chicago is not getting better. Yeah. Like, that's another thing. It's like, it's just like the fear, the constant just fear of from all angles. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like, what do you do? Like, you know, we have, we have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. A lot. Uh, Mitch McConnell put his, his only black Republican in charge of the GOP Senate police brutality bill um tim scott from south carolina he says it's coming out tomorrow we'll see tim what what, what we gonna see i don't (laughs) (laughs) it ain't gonna do much either (laughs) because the gop the republicans are so concerned with coddling the police that they're not gonna fix them like they can't be counted on to fix them they're just not gonna do it 
And his what he's talking about in his bill is basically saying that. So they want to establish new requirements for deadly force, um, threaten to cut off federal fundings if they fail to comply. Ooh. Uh, they want to... They want them to ban the chokeholds and use body cameras, which has already been championed all over the country, whether or not y'all are doing it. Recruit more black officers, which doesn't actually help for real, because when you go blue, you're just blue. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Chicago is an example of that, too. Focus on mental health, which ain't y'all damn job. And Mm -hmm. decertification, which is his answer to not want to do anything about qualified immunity. So instead of saying that y'all can sue them for screwing up, he just wants to, you know, weed out bad officers. So that's Mm -hmm. Tim's ideas so far from what he's talked about. But it's not actually out yet. doesn't come out until tomorrow. But uh, allegedly. And one of those states would have been all 57 officers, huh? If you him out. That was <laughs> like, Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Did y'all see they said that man they pushed down after they said yeah, he tripped? I saw you posted that. The man can't walk and he has a fractured skull. No! And Trump yes. had the nerve to say that man was an actor. He did. Uh, he watches YouTube too much, honestly. And Fox News, which is just like YouTube. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm same thoughts of Wale, girl. We saw girl, the footage. We seen it. We seen. We saw it. <laughs> no, we saw it with our own eyes. But you know what? There are some people out there that they can watch something with their own eyes. And, and Trump said it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Ugh, that's annoying. The um, House Democrats uh, passed. Police uh, Justice and Policing Act, which will require the police departments to send data on the use of force to the federal government to create a grant program that would allow state attorney generals to to create an independent process to investigate misconduct or excessive use of force. Uh, It would also make it easier to recover damages for when police departments violate their civil rights, which is that qualified immunity crap, which we're going to go into next week. We just couldn't this week. Y'all so much. And make lynching a federal hate crime. Uh, so that's what the Democrats have passed. And Mitch McConnell has more or less said it's dead on arrival. But, you know, here we are. It's not a hate crime already? Mm-hmm. Nope. Just like know. the other day, I didn't know that. I saw everybody sharing that the LGBTQ plus got a favorable Supreme Court ruling. I'm like, girl, that Neil Gorsuch wrote the opinion to. I saw that. Shook, okay? Shook it. <laughs> Trump appointed. I guess he wanted, that was his nod, you know, his new, his introduction, I guess, to the to the American citizens. But um, I mean, well, at this point, you can't lose your job because of your sexual orientation or your sex. Meanwhile, Trump turned around and said that, you know, you can't be discriminated against in the healthcare system, though. Right. That, so I guess I'm sure the Supreme <sighs> Court will eventually rule on that. <sighs> I just, I don't know. Trump gets up and just ball face lies to people, and they bro. just, you know, let it ride. I remember him coming out and being, I love the LGBTQ community. Like I remember you saying these damn words. <laughs> this is what you do. 
after you kicked him out the military. Like, this is what you do. I mean, you know, and, I, I oh, guess oh, and he I did that. Caitlin, right? He rolled back their health care on the anniversary. First of all, during Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Yep. On the anniversary of the Pulse Massacre in Orlando, yep. which is yep. that just made me believe even more that he knew exactly what he was doing, yep. scheduling that rally in Tulsa on Juneteenth. Because you did Absolutely. the exact same thing to the trans people. The exact same thing. On an important day of an important event, this is what you do. Yep. Hey, but can I vote for him? So. Who? Yep. That Who person. Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, we knew that. Mm-hmm. Nice. But Caitlyn turned around and got mad. We don't understand why. You voted for her. Mm-hmm. Shut <laughs> up, Caitlyn. So, chill, Caitlyn. Yeah. Girl down. Let me tell you the only good thing. Well, there's a few good things that I... I'm like, I don't want to say that I'm liking given our situation. Cause I, I mean, I don't like our situation, but I guess I appreciate what I appreciate in the moment. Silver lines in the struggle. Yes. Okay. One that people are forced to pay attention. Like yes. you're forced to hear us. Like you have nothing else to do, but, <laughs> but hear us. So I appreciate that. And then I appreciate just the exposing of all the races. Oh, girl. And it's been like, real. <laughs> yes. I yes. am. Lo- and I'm not, I'm not even loving it like on a petty level. You know what I'm saying? I'm loving it in the sense of, yes, show me how you truly feel. Let me know. So I know not to deal with you, not to associate with you, not, not, to not to even, you. you know, engage or send any support your way because, you know, clearly I, I can't support somebody or a business or a company that that supports my continued oppression, you know, Hello. just to lay it in blanket terms. Hmm. So I'm not going to lie. I, though, to I like it for petty that. reasons and information. I like it for all of it. <laughs> here for it. I'm fine with you losing your job because you said some racist shit on Facebook. I, I support it. You were about to lose your job. <laughs> I support it. You were about to lose your job. <laughs> What well, she said, get this dance. Get this dance. You <laughs> that cop really that. blew up, like, off of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, Everybody this conversation we're having kind of just brings us into our Black national treasure. Uh, so, in the midst of everything that has happened, what has kind of galvanized people and what has been able to bring people together and kind of spur the, mu- the movement forward has been black Twitter specifically, but on a larger kind of scale, black social media in general. Uh, you Negroes are out here doing the work. <laughs> um, Thank ya. So, like, whole protests have been formed and and come together with thousands of people with just social media um, advertisements, um, the stories. Everybody's. Seems to be like like Maya said, we have a captive audience. Everybody seems to be paying good attention and sharing the articles and actually reading the articles because you ain't got nowhere to go and nothing to do. And yeah, beginning racist fired left and right, and that I will always support. Um, and I must go out on a limb and say, put some respect on Gen Z name because they pull it up. 
Yeah, they they pulled up. Yeah, yeah, but we yeah. knew they was gonna pull up. We 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 we've been watching Gen Z. Like, oh, okay. We see y'all little rabble rousers. Okay, okay. And don't care. <laughs> don't care at all. You know what I'm happy about too. Now that you brought that up, I think we talked about it before. Probably not on here, but just in a regular conversation about how these old traditional thoughts, not necessarily dying out. But new thoughts, new minds, new ways to th- do things are getting to an age to where they can vote. To where they, mm-hmm. you know, the situations are, you know, about them. Or they can see, they see that they can change some things. So let me change some shit. <laughs> and I'm proud of them for that. Very proud. Gen Z also is probably one of the more, because um, I know they said we're all going to be multicultural by like, what, 2050 or something like that. Gen Z is probably the most like diverse multicultural group of Americans that America's seen. So they don't have a lot of the same preconceived notions and prejudices that their parents and grandparents and great parent great grandparents had and have. And so they just don't get it. Cause I saw who was that little white girl that was charging her mom and daddy up? Did y'all see that little girl? <laughs> yes. No. Yes. What does she do? It, it, and it was like it was one it was like Heather or Caitlyn like it was something like that but she 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 was saying, like no you're wrong mom you're wrong like she, she. yeah what where the link at <laughs> Somebody, I this was on your during your hiatus she oh, was oh charging goodness. her parents up and they were like just stop talking no I'm not gonna stop talking <laughs> yeah she was going all the way in but I'm back and I actually, it's not, of course, the Black National Treasure, but I, w- I do want to shout out to the white allies because here's the yeah. deal. We've been out here screaming, ranting, raving for a very long time. And no one had to give a damn because it's not enough of us and we are the marginalized party in the story. It has really taken um, the support and, and allyship of white people to make this part of the movement be what it is. And so, y'all know when we talk about the whites, we don't mean y'all. <laughs> We've never meant y'all. Um, but I, I really do. I appreciate that. Uh, my good white friends, I, I really appreciate my white friends asking me to educate them because I hate that. And they haven't. Uh, but I have seen them charging up their own white friends. And I just be like, oh, where the popcorn, guys? Look at y'all doing the heavy lifting. I'm with it. I support it. So I, I just, I appreciate that. And so of the white allies that uh, we have that are standing arm to arm with us in the streets, we see y'all, we appreciate y'all, yeah. uh, and thank y'all. You guys are, are wonderful. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> and then like Shelly said, thank you for doing your own research. Yes, because don't ask thank me you. nothing. I don't want to talk. <laughs> I, I don't I, Google's free guys Google is free I, I don't want to do it how should I respond to this what should I girl, girl bye <laughs> not doing it not doing it um so we're um today we're gonna end differently than we normally do well not differently we're gonna add something in um so we spent this whole episode talking about the people that have been killed uh, most recently by the police and just racist white people in general. Uh, And we all know that 
like we said, even if there is justice for these most recent cases, there will always be many, many, like many cases that there will never be justice for. Um, there are people whose names we'll never know. Uh, but we wanted to end by speaking the names of some of these people. So um, with that, we're going to say their names. Alton Sterling. Michael Brown. Laquan McDonald. Tamir Rice. Philando Castile. Ahmaud Arbery. Breonna Taylor. George Floyd. Sandra Bland. Trayvon Martin. Jordan Edwards. Eric Garner. Corinne Gaines. Khalif Browder. Renisha McBride. Oscar Grant III. Tatiana Jefferson. Addie Mae Collins. Carol Denise McNair. Carol Robertson. Cynthia Wesley. Terrence Crutcher. Walter Scott. Freddie Gray Jr. Sean Bell. Botham John. Rakia Boyd. Philip White. Akai Gurley. Rayshard Brooks. Sean Reed. Stephen Clark. All of these names represent a family, one person, one life that has been affected by police brutality in America, by racism in America. These lives were taken. They can never be given back. Many of these people never saw any kind of justice for what happened to them. And for that reason, if for no other reason, we will always say your names. We will never forget. And we won't rest until this doesn't happen anymore. So with that, we're done. Uh, we have a closing statement though. And our closing, just like our opening, is from Brother Malcolm X. And he said, you're not to be so blind with patriotism that you can't face reality. Wrong is wrong, no matter who does it or says it. Malcolm X. Brother Malcolm. All right, y'all. That's it for Alrighty. us. We're going to get back to doing more regular episodes. Um, please remember to like, listen, subscribe, tell a friend. Um, y'all, we got to vote. Straight up. I need y'all to vote. <laughs> we got to vote. Straight, straight up. We don't have another four straight years in us of this. We, we have to vote. <sighs> but we love y'all. Like, we love y'all for real. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how, and I don't know mm-hmm. when, and I really hope it's not the Civil War, times two, part two, but some kind of way we might come up out of this. Just I it. think we'll come up out of it in the uh, triumphant way of just in a better and happier place for everybody. Hopefully, Jesus Christ love love us enough. <laughs> America loves running around talking about how great it is. And that that's great. Here's your shot to prove it. So 
and we gonna see. Yeah, listen, we we will we will see. All right, y'all, stay safe, stay healthy, stay black, stay and blessed. Then, bye. Good night. Bye. bye.